0: Welcome to the conversation. Uh, this next interview is gonna have a twist uh, because at the end I wanna talk about uh, how Ryan has made uh, the best argument against gun control that I have seen. I'm very much in favor of gun control, but there was an argument against it uh, that is fascinating and involves the clan. Okay, but first we're gonna talk politics. The man I'm referring to is Ryan Grimm. He's the Washington bureau chief for the Intercept, also a TYT contributor. Ryan, welcome back. Good to be here. All right, so uh, first let's start uh, generally about politics and then we'll work our way through uh, all the things that are happening, including the story I just uh, referred to. Um, So I'm asking this of everyone just to see if anyone knows. Um, Do the Democrats have a plan to do anything for the next three years? (laughs)
1: Define <laughs> define anything.
0: No, like, okay, so obviously so, they're gonna pass budgets, right? Cuz they are forced to pass budgets. They're gonna pass defense spending bills that are going to be engorged and no one's going to care and it's gonna cost more than anything that was proposed and build back better or anything else. And then they'll add 24 billion on top and pass it. So that's regular course of business. But in terms of major legislation, it appears that they have completely surrendered and have. Pivoted to let's market the crap we already passed. Um, so I'm trying to see. Maybe I'm getting it wrong, and I don't want to get it wrong. Maybe they have major legislation coming down the pike, and they have a secret genius plan to pass it. So that's why I ask.
1: I mean, the, the best that you're going to be able to hope for is is. I mean, we'll see what happens with the the pieces of Build Back Better over the next you know month or two. Uh, you know, if you know, first of all, Ben Ray. Look, Lujan, you know, has taken them down. He's a senator from New Mexico. Has taken them from 50 to 49 votes on this on the floor. So they don't have, they don't have 50 votes until Lujan, who had a stroke, you know, comes back to the Senate, and that could be another four weeks, maybe, maybe slightly more. Uh, And so, for for the foreseeable future, they're just doing things that Republicans will allow them to do, Uh, and they still have. An enormous number of people to confirm. Like the, the system is, this is a separate point, but the system is completely insane and broken. And this is whether you're Republican or Democrat. Like the idea that the Senate should be taking up a day or two now in 2022, when the election was in 2020, to confirm the like deputy assistant secretary for the army is insane. Like, our army, just go ahead and hire who you want to be your deputy assistant secretary. Like this, this is absurd. Like Sam Baguenstos was uh nominated to be the general counsel for health and human services. Insanely important position because that oversees like refugees and everything else that health and human services oversees, immigration, like all like all of this. He's just now getting out of committee. Like, so he's not even confirmed yet. He's not even in the job. Like Democrats are going to be like out of control of the senate without having actually staffed up their administration like when and when things are moving as fast as they are in this world to, to have it take 2 years to staff up an administration is just you can't you can't run a country like that separately from that uh, Lena Khan over at the FTC and Rohit Chopra over at the CFPB are probably going to be the most exciting things that the, that the white house does you know, over the next several years, from what Joe Manchin says, you know, he still supports a lot of, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in clean energy investments. He supports a lot of, he supports an, you know, increase in corporate tax rate and carried interest rate. He supports, he supports like major chunks of the Build Back Better Act. Right now, it's all like it's personality driven at this point. Like they, they hate each other. Like like Ron Klain and Joe Manchin weren't talking to each other mm, uh, for yeah. for weeks on end. Uh, and so it's possible that when things calm down Mansion's like okay here are the pieces of built back better that i'm okay with and to, and to me getting the getting that the the 700 million whatever it was in clean energy investments through is probably the most important thing democrats can you know it, it i think it's the most important thing democrats can do because they're about to be out of power you know perhaps until you and i are re- retired and off playing you know, a golf on Mars at Elon Musk's, like you know, a little country club that he yeah. that he builds on Mars. Um, but that's like because that that's this is their last shot. and if and if they can do a significant clean energy investment, then the White House, then Democrats is you know if they let's say they maintain control of the white House in twenty four, which they certainly might not, then they'd have they have then policy and money that they can work with. so, you know, Republicans will be in control of the House, maybe the Senate, uh, impeaching whoever the president is, you know every other week, investigating and you know Hunter Biden, whatever else they can they can find. Uh, but it would it would allow them to have some something to do some actual governing with. And once you once corporate America sees, okay, they're serious, everybody's serious. We're moving away from fossil fuels. I think it actually could happen really fast. Yeah, because because no com- com- companies don't want to be the last one holding the bag. So I, I think they're all kind of ready to move, but they're just waiting for everybody else to move. They're happy to do fossil fuels until civilization is extinguished, yeah. but they also don't want to be the last one to switch to clean energy if they think that's going to happen. So that's 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 yeah. about what I can see.
0: So Ryan, uh, we don't often disagree; it almost never happens. But um, I don't believe that it's personal. I think that's an ridiculous cover story. And and if it is personal, what a bunch of children,
1: how- yeah, Well, yeah, they are children.
0: Deeply yeah. irresponsible, petulant uh, children and, and how, the press should be enraged. So Joe Manchin is going to deny uh, saving the planet because his feelings were hurt? His
1: feelings were hurt. Yeah.
0: yeah. okay. And but it's so I believe it to some degree because there's such egomaniacs, there's such selfish jerks. Yeah, okay, that that But well, you're part right.
1: Is, they're but they they would they they're looking for an excuse as
0: well. Exactly. Of course it's an excuse. The reality is the donors. The donors, the donors, that's the only thing anyone cares about. Which ironically leads to uh agreeing with you on the overall point that nothing that helps the voters like the lowering drug prices has always been a hilarious joke they were <laughs> never ever 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 going to do that the Democratic party is completely corrupt on that they would never do it the Republicans are worse they a bipartisan agreement to pleasure drug company donors till the End of time. Okay, so anyone—it I, I, drives me nuts when reporters say, "Oh, that was got a real chance." Oh, Manchin's in favor of it, or cinemas in favor of it. No, <laughs> they're not. They're lying. They're all obviously lying. So now, in it might come as a little bit ironic for me to agree with you on clean energy, especially because Manchin is a coal baron, right? Um, but. The way that it passes, so the, all of the things, the other things that child tax credit pay family, nothing's gonna pass, nothing, nothing, okay? Um, but the reason why clean energy has a shot is twofold, I think, and I wanna run this by you. Mm-hmm. One is they can sneak in non-clean energy uh, funding, mm-hmm. right? And as long as mm-hmm. Manchin gets his piece of the pie, people be like, Oh, you wanna do solar and wind? As long as you're giving me money for coal so I can get a couple more million dollars in my pocket, what do I care, right? And so that's possible. Uh, and the second reason, Ryan, is because tons of rich Democratic donors that have nothing to do with the energy industry also have collectively realized in the last couple of years that they too live on this planet. So right. among the rich donors that I have heard about in political circles, the only issue they care about is climate change.
1: Yep. Yeah, yes, so that that's key. And then there's a there's like a 2a or a or a 0.3 to that, which is that the clean energy industry is now an industry.
0: Bingo. Yep. So they which now have, they money. have lobbyists. They're now they donating. Packs, they They've got money.
1: lobbyists. And so they, so you can counterbalance. Obviously, fossil fuels are the dominant power, but you can but you can counterbalance it. So if you're a politician in the 1980s that wanted to get behind wind or solar. Like that, you you might have been able to get you know a few thousand dollars here or there, uh, up against uh, you know all of the weight of the fossil fuel industry. If you're a, if you're a politician now, that's waging a war against the fossil fuel industry, you have the entire weight of this this massive clean energy industry behind you, throwing down all sorts of uh you know political contributions lobbying which the left needs to start you know looking at very closely because there's going to be all sorts of cronyism and corruption caught up in that just like there is any any industry but yes you're right that a ton of these like west particularly west coast but also new york uh liberals new england liberals uh who super rich people who you know because we have this lottery system of an economy that you know, well wealth trickles down through generations, obviously. So you've got generational wealth, but then you also have this lottery system where just randomly you know people in Silicon Valley are popping up and becoming you know hundred millionaires or billionaires, one out of a hundred of those are going to have some you know some sense that they want to you know save the planet. And because there's this asymmetry where money in the public sector goes a lot farther, you know, a congressional campaign you know, costs several million dollars. But the value of a con, owning a congressional seat is in the billions, so it's this weird kind of asymmetry there. That's arbitrage that that still exists. Uh, that you have that that if if you can get one out of a hundred of those billionaires who are like who care about climate change, they'll, they'll throw in a lot of money. And so right, so you so you balance out the money piece. And and your first point is also absolutely correct. Joe Manchin, his condition for this happening was the funding here. You know cannot disadvantaged cannot actively disadvantage coal because that like originally they and, and what, what he means by disadvantage is disadvantage relative to the current situation which is currently subsidizing coal and giving them an advantage so he wants them to continue to have an advantage the good news is that coal is already losing badly because you know coal coal is coal is on the way out It just economically getting a bunch of uh, you know, equipment out into a mountain and digging into the mountain and ch- and shipping it over to a plant and burning it is just no longer you know competitive against just throwing up some windmills or throw or throwing up some solar panels. And so the clean energy people are like, you know what, fine, even even playing field is fine. Give us seven hundred million and let let everybody compete for it. Uh, and so th- so they have caved on all of the different things that they were going to do to try to. You know forcibly wind down coal. And instead, uh, you know they coal, coal, you know so his company that he owns in West Virginia and other coal companies, you know can basic basically the point is like anybody who owns some crap now can continue to dig it and continue to burn it. And you know they'll be rich, and their grandchildren will be rich the rest of their lives. And the deal would be, well, we're also going to then fund uh, solar and wind. Uh, it, it scientists have said that that's absolutely the wrong way to go. It's you're not moving fast enough, uh, but that that's where we are. And you're right, like that's that's the, the compromise quote unquote. We'd love to compromise with, with science and, and with the climate, but that's the compromise that means that it's actually that's why it could possibly happen.
0: Okay, now let's talk about how full of crap uh, Democrats are and everything else. So voting rights was supposed to be the bare bare minimum. And if you got one rung above that, it was fifteen dollars minimum wage. These were all supposed to be inc- layups, no question about it. Um, you know, on fifteen dollars minimum wage, I said nonsense. They're they're not going to do that. It's not a layup. All the donors are against higher wages, uh, and unfortunately, I was proven right. I thought voting rights was a layup because that actually affects their own personal interest and in their own race, right? And so, but there's some chance that the, they've gerrymandered the blue states. Uh, so effectively, they think, well, maybe we don't wanna get rid of gerrymandering. Maybe this is <laughs> better for a, not all Democrats and certainly not for Democratic voters, but for Democratic incumbents who currently have for those Democratic seats. Incumbents. Yep, right. and so uh, Ryan, is it fair to say they were lying all along? I don't mean every Democrat, certainly AOC, the squad, just Democrats. Most of them uh, stuck with their word, right? And they were telling the truth and they don't take corporate money, right? But when it comes to Democratic leadership, Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, I've always maintained that they're liars and they never meant any of it. Have I not been proven right by their track record?
1: At at best, it was wishful thinking, you know, because they were always going to have to do something about the filibuster. And they just never, you know, and in order to do something about the filibuster. So. They, I, they were they were talking a huge game about getting rid of the filibuster and doing voting rights in October of 2020 when they thought that they had a good chance of getting 53, 54 Senate seats because if you remember uh, that philandering dude in North Carolina was way up. Uh, they thought Susan Collins was a goner. They thought thought they had a shot in in Iowa. Uh, you know, they had Bullock running in Montana. That they thought was a, that they had a credible chance of winning that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, pr- I may, I might be missing one another, you know. So if they don't, if they'd hit those, and those were, those, those were liberals basically. Like they were, they were like run of the line, run, that's, you know, standard run of the mill Democrats. They were like not Joe Manchin Democrats. They were like Democrats whose name you wouldn't hear, like uh, Tammy Duckworth. Like you, you know, mm-hmm. she just, you don't ever hear her name. She just kind of, she just votes. Uh, the the way that the party votes, uh, and so they were expecting that they would have like you know fifty three, fifty four uh, Democrats. So they were hoping they were. Uh, they you know on Maine and Iowa and North Carolina and Montana and others, and so they wound up with just fifty. And so now, in order to do voting rights, you have to get rid of the filibuster, and you need to win. You need to win over Mansion and Cinema. Things were going their direction, like they got. A lot of the holdouts, because there there were a whole bunch of Democratic senators who weren't loud about it, but didn't want to change the rules, like the Pat Leahy types. And they came out publicly and like, you know what, we'll, we're for this. And so they got to the 48 quicker than they had been hoping to. And then they just hit and they just hit the wall. Yeah,
0: um, I don't believe it. And at that, yeah. I don't believe it, Ryan. I believe if they got 54 senators, the others, there would have been five holdouts or six holdouts.
1: Although a bunch of those ran on it. Like a bunch yeah, of those I don't believe like it, I, I don't elected. believe it.
0: There's no way in the world they're gonna lift that filibuster unilaterally, completely and uh, not have an excuse for all those uh, corporate democrats uh, to to vote against uh, the American people. They weren't gonna vote for them, their donors would never allow it. Why does the filibuster exist? It exists to be a shield for corporate donors. Uh, anyone savvy in politics knows that, they're not gonna get rid of that shield. And Ryan, again, aren't more. I would argue that I was proven conclusively correct when they made an exception for the filibuster to raise the debt ceiling, because that would have crashed the stock market and would have cost them money.
1: Right. Yes, there's, yeah.
0: So it's over. Right. It's over.
1: It's, there's no excuse. Right, but what, which what Republicans are for, not crashing the stock market. Republicans are not for the Voting Rights Act, and so you know I I don't the part you know some of this is like beside the point because. You know, can like getting into a, a politician's head sometimes is doesn't even matter because what matters is what they do. Uh, yeah, if you but if you believe that like you know and and this was my, and this is why I still think that Schumer did want to do it uh, because you know he wants to stay majority leader. He wants to be down in history as a majority leader that changed the country that did great things, that whose whose name goes up on elementary schools all over Brooklyn, all over New York, all over the country. Uh, he, you know he wants to be a a, a big person who achieves things uh, and he felt he thought this was his analysis and he was sharing it publicly and privately uh, that if they didn't accomplish the things that they set out to do that they would be washed out and he'd be a one-term majority leader and he did not want to be a one-term majority leader and so they they're now on track to fail to to accomplish the things they said they would do no. and he's on track to be washed out, which is, Like I just there's no like you can't convince me that he wanted to be a one term majority leader who's looked at in history as like a guy you forget about.
0: No, just just to like make other like Ryan Ryan your your best case scenario is uh, they're largely liars but they're also losers. Um, Okay. And and
1: egotistical.
0: Right now here's my counter argument to to uh, that. Um, Ever since they started taking corporate money back in 1978. Uh, It has helped them in the short term and hurt them in the long term. Uh, And they used to have overwhelming, Democrats used to have overwhelming majorities in the country. They lost all those majorities because they got hooked on corporate money. But they cannot get off of it because, Ryan, the thing you're missing is they're addicts. So Chuck Schumer might want a legacy. He might want to be a majority leader for a long time, but he's hooked on the donor money. So if you said to him, "Okay, right. now give up all your drug company money and give it up for the Democratic Party," like they're not going to take it anymore in the Senate, you're their leader. He would say, "No way! Take my name off the schools. I don't give a damn. I'll have a plaque right. at Exxon Mobil. It'll be totally fine." There's no way he would get off that crack. They're all but he,
1: addicts. But here, but here's the thing about Schumer, and, and and also the thing about any addict, they don't care where their supply comes from. If somebody gives them a a uh, bulk supply or somebody's just throwing them, you know, just constant little hits. Like that doesn't that that doesn't matter to them as long as they're getting high. And what Schumer what Schumer saw in twenty eighteen and and in twenty twenty was these resistance Democrats pumping twenty five dollars every week into like ten different Senate campaigns to the point where that that idiot who lost in Maine to Susan Collins lost with 14 million dollars still in her bank account. Like they they raised so much money from anti-trump resistance democrats uh that they couldn't even spend it at all because Maine only has, you know, a couple television networks and that's yeah. where they spend all their money on t- on television. They're There's so only so dumb. many they're
0: so, I right. can't stand how they, dumb They are, they
1: are. They are so dumb, and they like to lose to Susan Collins and have fourteen million dollars in the bank when you're done. Also, the person they nominated, they were like, "Oh, she's the she was the speaker of the House of Maine." Well, half the state was speaker of the House of Maine. Like they rotate in and out. Like nobody had ever heard no, of her. She no, was just but- a establishment candidate. It was a it was that was a disastrous pick. It's completely. But the point is, he raised hundreds of millions of dollars uh from from the from these resistance donors and what he was telling these groups was like look they're going to stop giving to us like he he was framing it in explicit you know donor terms like the terms you're talking about but not wall street donors but you know regular people like he, these people are fired up for us you know they they phone banked for us they they knocked on doors and they and most importantly they gave tons of money and if we don't show that there was some point to that They will stop giving us money.
0: No, they went back to their old habits. They can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. And Ryan, I could also prove that's not exactly right. So and and why they use it for now evil purpose. Okay, so first of all, I raised more money than Christy Smith. I ran in a Democratic primary against her, but they supported Christy Smith anyway. So apparently there is some money that they are opposed to. Nina Turner raised $6 million in her race. And you know what though? Because he's anti-corruption and I'm anti-corruption, all of a sudden they didn't like that money, right? They don't like the money no. if it's going to hurt their egos and hurt their corruption. So that there's no question about that. That's open and right, shut. That's
1: why. That's why he was so excited about the resistance. stem money, because when it was when it was Bernie money, you know, money to Jank, money to Nina. Like, okay, they're like that's interesting as a model, but those aren't the politics that we really want. Yeah, because then, they're corrupt. Then they
0: don't want to do the right thing. And
1: then, then, then when you see tens on. of millions of dollars flowing to like a random Iowa DSCC candidate who's just, you know, straight out of the trade out of central casting has no interesting positions, not anti-corruption, not, you know, they're just they're just running on the Democratic Party platform and they're able to raise tens of millions of dollars in in small dollars, then Democrats are like, "Oh, okay." So we don't owe you. We don't owe you like a political revolution. Uh, yet you're still going to give us money. But Schumer still thought we have to do something. Like we have to show that we, like, we. we. don't need to enact a revolution, but we need to do something. Yeah. And right, they couldn't even do something.
0: No, it's they don't, they, have, it maybe, I mean, they don't have it in them. They don't have And right. by the way, Ryan, it also cuts the other way. So that gets to the last point about evil. Uh, so. They didn't do police reform. Now, that's, of course, they were never gonna do police reform. If the Republicans go boo about cops, they're, all the Democrats will fall down. Clyburn will be all over the ground groveling to Republicans. No, I swear I'll never help black people. I swear, I swear I'll never do police reform. So that's the corporate Democrats led by Clyburn, okay? But it's not just that. They raise money promising to do police reform. If they actually do the police reform, they won't be able to raise money off of it.
1: I mean, and Clyburn was, you know, as you know, he was like a, a longtime civil rights uh, activist, <laughs> and and he, like, I mean, so that's what he came out of in the 1960s. Actually, in, I looked into in his South history. Carolina. Ryan, he actually isn't. He's always been a corporate well, goon. A, well, once he got into elected office, but I mean, like, he was an activist with SNCC, and like, you know, he was like when he was 13. Uh, it's it's been 13, like 70 yeah, years, teens, teens and teens and early 20s. Yes, oh so, yeah, 1960s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. He 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 saw the defund the police movement as hostile toward him and hostile toward Democrats, and and went to war with it and name checked it regularly. Said, uh, you know, pick, really picked really picked that fight. Um, and so right, and if they also they were never right, yes, you're right. you know, they were never going to get 60 votes uh, on on police reform that actually reformed policing. Uh, and so the only way to do that would have also been uh, been the filibuster. And you're, yeah, they as as we talked about, they just happened. They that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, uh, but they're still raising money off of it. Uh, if a Democrat sent Democratic incumbent sends you an email saying they're going to do something and you should give them money, it's a It's just as much of a lie as Donald Trump sending you an email telling you he's going to do something.
1: Okay. And I feel like at this point they should. I feel like at this point they should just ban no knock warrants like just like, you know what?
0: They won't even do that. They won't like even do this. Like we're not, we're not thing. gonna do
1: the whole, we're not gonna be able to do the whole thing. Just let's just do the simplest thing.
0: And you know what that would be? That would be window dressing. That would be to cover up their crime of actually not doing anything, right? Because that's so simple and doesn't solve the problem at all. But they can't bring themselves to do the bare minimum. Instead, they'll right. send you fake Breonna, emails. Breonna, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to do something. Brianna Taylor us money. killed
1: in a Brianna Taylor killed in a no-knock raid. Yeah, and nothing.
0: Nothing. I mean, let alone Amir Locke. Which then leads me to the last thing here. We're way out of time, but I got to do this. So you wrote a story that I've been asking people to write. <coughs> so thank you about how the NRA is a bunch of liars. Speaking of liars, and they don't—they—they're explicitly racist. So uh, legal gun owners like Amir Locke, Philando Castile, EJ Bradford, Kenneth Walker, that's uh, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend. All the people that you wrote about in your piece that we've talked about on TYT. Legal gun owners who happen to be black, gunned down by the cops in grossly unjust ways. And the NRA didn't say a goddamn thing about it, okay? They are the worst of the worst. They're Thoroughly racist. They don't care about gun rights. They just want white people to be able to kill black people. That's the NRA. But the great irony, and and what led to my tease in the beginning of the interview is, it you put in something into your story, Ryan, that I did not know, uh, and it was the best argument against gun control that I've ever heard. Is what the Klan did uh, when they were first started. So tell us that story.
1: Right, and and. I I could still be for gun control and just say that some of the people who have uh, led the charge on gun control have been the worst people in our country. And yes, at, right after the Civil War, uh, when 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 slaves when formerly enslaved people were freed, you know they got the right to vote and and they started acquiring land. Some of it, uh, you know, they they got from the Union Army that was in stripped from them, but. In any event, uh, they started building, you know, full-on communities, and they started exercising their freedom. They started exercising the vote, and there were federal troops down there that were, you know, preventing the former Confederates from immediately slaughtering them. And what a lot of those freed slaves did is they armed themselves, and a bunch of them had served in the Union Army. So these weren't just people who had just now. Dumbled on a weapon like they had actually been trained. They had actually fought. They, they knew how to use these weapons, and so they had their freedom, and they were going to defend it. and the And the Ku Klux Klan was was organized largely around the idea of disarming the black population. And essential to the black codes that the that the Klan pushed for uh, were laws that made it illegal for black people to to own guns. Uh, When the federal government intervened in places where they intervened, then they would rewrite the laws so that they would be quote unquote colorblind. uh, But still clearly aimed at making sure that black people couldn't own guns like their their easy one was if there was a white sheriff in the town. Cuz there were black sheriffs all throughout the reconstruction south. But if it was a white sheriff, then the community would say, sure anybody who wants to own a gun can own a gun. All you need is a license from the sheriff. You know, come on downtown and get it. Just come on to this back room and we'll give it to you. And so, you know, through the through those mechanisms, very similar to a poll tax, or through a literacy test, where you know, for uh, you know, for a white voter, the literacy test would be, can you write your name? Uh, for a black voter, it would be, can you write the Constitution? You know, without missing a comma, you know, start to finish. And so, say, so, hey, these are. These are just randomly chosen literacy tests. This is a colorblind policy, but the effect was we're going to disarm the black population, and then after they disarmed the population, that's only when they were able to then go in and violent, violently, you know, strip, strip voting rights and and strip property rights and otherwise, you know, terrorize the black community and and bring about Jim Crow.
0: Yeah, so look, I'm for gun control, lots and lots of gun control. But you have to be honest, no matter what side the facts fall on. And that is a really powerful story that that cuts against gun control. Because once they took the guns away from the black population, the KKK terrorized them for over 100 years. So, that, so it is what it is. And I know not a lot of other shows do it, but you have to be honest about all of the facts, whether they're convenient or inconvenient to you. And I and I wish the rest of the media did that. Ryan Grimm does that at the Intercept all the time. We try to do that here at TYT. So Ryan, thank you for joining us. Appreciate
1: it. Yeah, thanks, jenk